0: Welcome back everybody. This is the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida and we are very happy to be back with you again. Uh joining me are Ben and Ian and uh, along with them I'm sure are several fingers of whiskey because that's what we do on this show and uh and and sometimes we start before. And you never know what type of show that's going to be. But uh, we're going to break down the uh, the salary cap. Uh, they, they've finally got a, a number that all of us can, can work with now. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, what it means for the Steelers in terms of uh, any potential moves they still may make. Um, will they bring in anybody new and uh, look ahead to the draft a little bit? We'll also talk about Bud Dupree, too, because he's definitely played his last game as a Steeler, at least for the foreseeable well, futures. 99%. So, anyway. yeah, yeah, you never know, but uh, definitely but yeah, looks that way. But he uh, yeah, yeah. Ben, uh, what are you uh, drinking this evening? Uh, a little
1: Calumet Farms Kentucky bourbon. Oh, very nice. Okay. It is very, very nice.
2: I'm really enjoying it.
0: Okay, all right, and uh, Ian, what are you uh, enjoying this fine evening?
2: I am drinking a Long Island iced tea. Uh, yes. So that does not have whiskey, but it does have a lot of other things. Yes, uh, it does. Yes, well, it you does. can put whiskey in it. You can. You can I did not,
1: but yeah. you can. You're right. I mean, uh, traditionally, you're you're supposed to do all the clear liquors and a little triple sec, and then sweet and sour and a little Coke. Good yes. To go.
2: Yes. Um so yeah, I did rum and vodka and tequila and triple sec and I did not have any gin, so I did not use yeah. gin, but little known uh, fact
1: about about long I, I island use teas because I, I used to soak, sling yes. drinks for a living many years ago. Uh when people go into a bar and they order a long island and they don't think it tastes strong enough, it's because the bartender didn't use tequila. Really? Yes. The other liquors when they mix with the sweet and sour and the, the you know the little splash of coke. Yeah. Um they're pretty mellow. You can't really taste a whole lot of booze and if you send it back cuz it isn't strong enough, all the bartenders are going to do is add tequila. So mm. if you well, want to avoid the tequila hangover,
2: you know, hmm. pro tip, just drink
0: That's it. So. <laughs> pro tip how fascinating uh so, well at so any rate yeah. i'm
2: drinking long island iced teas because my lovely wife discovered how to make delicious pickled eggs and we had this bar in college called the penny bar which if anyone listening is from meadville or ever went through meadville or allegheny college uh and went through the penny bar knows that long island iced teas and pickled eggs were the clutch combination <laughs> at 11:30 at night when you've been drinking so um yeah so since my wife discovered how to make pickled eggs i made long island iced teas and it's a wonderful combination,
0: and and, and the fascinating part was you the lush. next day you guys had enough gas to fuel the entire college campus. So uh, <laughs> that that is exciting. <laughs> you know, uh, Jimmy was
2: the greatest bartender in the world. So, oh
0: no, shout out for Jimmy. Love it, love it, and uh, yeah. Hey, before I forget, too, uh, Deck Roofing will uh, be sponsoring us for the next year too. I want to make sure to give them a shout out as well. That's and, cool. And That's it's good that you said roofing instead of roofing. I, you know, it, it it changes. It all depends on uh, what dog vernacular I'm using. How roof much you've roof. had to drink that, that well that too. Day. That that also too, and uh, yeah. So thanks to uh, thanks to the guys down there at Deck, and uh, uh, like I said, I plan to be touring that facility just to make sure everything's on the up and up. You know, you never know down there in South Florida; it could be some you know drug involvement, things like that. So I, I want to make sure we're not affiliated with anything so crazy. But uh, I, I kid. Um all right, so this week guys the uh the n f l established the salary cap at one hundred and eighty two and a half million dollars that is uh, of course a lot less than it was last year and and we don't need to get into why because of the pandemic but and it's also oh, wow. a lot more than it, it was it, supposed to be absolutely most uh most of the the, the folks thought we were looking at one seventy five and right. and we got it up to that one eighty two and 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 look i i um Look, it's real simple. If if you can't toot your own horn, then whose can you toot? And and you guys have been on this, you know, between one hundred and eighty and one hundred and eighty-five for a long time, and that's why I think we do a really damn good job of covering the Steelers because we talk to people and we pay attention, and and sure as shit, it comes in at at one hundred and eighty-two five. Um, so, you know, Ben, what, what, is, what does this mean for the Steelers? Um, obviously, we know the moves. They've, you know, worked with Ben. Marquise retires. They, they did restructure Derek Watt this week just before um, the cap announcement was made. Uh, so so what, what are we looking at here if, if I'm the Steelers? Well, there seems to be some disagreement
1: within the salary cap community uh-huh. as to where exactly the Steelers are. Mm. Um, ESPN has them at about 3 million under 3 mm-hmm. million in space uh, over the cap has them at 6.1 million. Uh, Spotrack has them at a similar number, but I'm really not all impressed with Spotrack. Um, yeah, I have them up. at about 3.2 million. Um, I haven't asked Ian Whetstone where he's got them. But Mm -hmm. he he runs his own spreadsheet, too. Anyway, they've got a little bit of space, but they need to create some more in order to both sign their draft class, sign their free agents, of which they have 19 um, and and have enough operating cash to to operate during the course of the season. And they like Mm -hmm. to have between three and five million dollars during the year to sign players if they need to. Right. Um, because, you know, injury replacements and whatnot. Yep. So they got some work to do, um, but, uh, you know, things are a lot better than it looked like they were going to be. And and that largely has to do with the fact that the cap came in seven and a half million dollars higher mm-hmm. than what was budgeted. And so they've, you know, they've done a pretty good job of of doing what they needed to do. Um, Cam Hayward's already been Restructured. Uh, Stefan toett could be uh, Derek Watt has been restructured now, oh, eight hundred and eighty thousand there yeah, I mean that 's almost a million dollars eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars is you know effectively that's quite a little bit of of cap space when you yeah. consider the fact that that signing most guys to a to a minimum salary contract eats about one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in in cap space after displacement. Mm -hmm. So 880 is, you know, it's five guys, five or six guys they can sign because they restructured Derek Watt's contract. And right now they're at 55, 56, 55 guys. And, you know, they're going to go into camp with 90. So they got to sign some guys. Uh, Of course, only the top 51 count for right now. But um, let me see. There are... Uh, eight guys at the bottom of the 51 that only count 660, which is the, the bare bones minimum right. that anybody can make right now. So um, those guys will definitely get pushed off of the top 51 at some point. And that's what we're talking about with this placement. If you sign a guy for 780 and it knocks a guy off the top 51 who makes 660, what really counts is that additional 120 that you just added to your your overall top 51
0: count now when the regular season rolls around the the cap uh or the the number is about the 53 is no. That correct no. no what is what no, is it no, about no.
1: it's about the 53 it's about anybody you have on injured reserve okay plus yep. the plus the practice squad it's everybody who's Getting the paycheck this year, whatever
0: their cap number is, that mm-hmm. counts. That counts. Okay, so it goes beyond that. That where we are now. Yeah, the, just the, the top fifty-one, 51
1: rule only yep. counts until uh, what, like the first week of the season, basically.
2: I the think so. End of yeah. Monday end of before. Training camp. Yeah, yeah when they when they end a training camp, when they yeah. cut the roster to fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The is following like, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So, you know, Ian, uh, you guys mentioned Derek Watt a little bit and what they did with him. They, You know, we we had a little bit of fun last week because uh, just hours before we recorded last week, J.C. Hassanauer had uh, uh, come back, you know, for a year, which was completely expected. On an exclusive uh, rights free agent deal. And let's
2: not forget. You know, yep. they signed two more exclusive rights free agents this week. Thankfully, yes. they signed Marcus Allen to his exclusive rights deal on Tuesday. So we had plenty of time to prepare to talk about that <laughs> on the podcast. And just today, they signed Ray Ray McLeod to his exclusive rights free agent deal. As well. I like so, Ray Ray. I'm a fan. I like him too. I, I do too. I, he, he was our best returner that we've had in a few years. And yeah. honestly, in Matt Canada's offense, now that Canada has more control over it, mm-hmm. I think he takes it. If they don't draft a true slot receiver, I think McLeod might see more offensive snaps this season than he did last year. I mean, cause they did use him in some of those jet yes. sweep actions. Yes. And when, in the Philadelphia game was a perfect example that yep. early in the game, they were faking it to him and Philly wasn't biting. So like, they're not going to hand it off to Ray, Ray McLeod. What are they doing? (laughs) And then they handed it off to him like two or three times and one of them he busted for like 50 yards. And then all of a sudden Philly had to start respecting that action. And Connor suddenly had room up the middle where he hadn't had room up the middle previously, because all of a sudden the defensive ends can't just crash the inside. They had to, you know, at least respect the jet motion action Mm -hmm. and the, the linebackers had to at least read their keys and couldn't just, you know, crash the, the a gap or the B gap. And so it, it freed up a lot of stuff for the running game, just by, you know, handing it to him a few times. And that's what those plays can do. You know, those those jet sweep plays don't always bust off those 40-yard runs. You know, usually I think of them that anything over four yards is a, a pretty good run on those. Sure. Um, but if, I mean, if you get a long play, great, awesome. But anything over over four yards, the defense all of a sudden has to at least respect that you're going to hand it, potentially hand it off to that guy and he's not just going in motion just for show. So um, mm-hmm. if if they don't draft... Or pick up an undrafted free agency, a slot wide receiver, you know a guy that has run a lot of motion stuff, and there's a handful of guys in this draft that can do that because they did in college right. um, but if they don't, I think McLeod does take on a bigger role in the offense this year
0: yeah, I, think he I does like anyway. him. I like him too, just for the record i I, I don't know that he's a, um, a guy you want to depend on long term as a slot guy. But I, I like I like what he did last year. I thought they got away from him a little bit too much, but that, that's a whole other story. Ben, go ahead. I, I think he I think he plays a bigger role this year,
1: regardless, because of the type of offense that Canada runs, mm-hmm. where he's running a lot of misdirection, a lot of, of of wide sweeps. He's trying to get the defense to respect the outside, so he can run plays on the inside, and. Ray Ray fits that as well. I agree with what Ian said before he's the best returner we've had in a while. Um, And I I keep hoping he's going to break one. I keep waiting for it to happen. And I, I think it will. Um, So, you know, I I think Deontay Mm -hmm. Johnson's turn as a punt returner is, is probably done for good, but um, I'm sure he'll take some practice snaps this year, regardless. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. I, I mean I you know, all things being equal, I think Ray Ray's your guy and and Deontay's your uh your backup, your your guy in reserve. Um, you know, unless they add somebody, but you know, we don't we don't know that yet. Um the, you know, the other guy was uh added this week or not added but kept around was Marcus Allen and um no relation to the Hall of Fame Marcus Allen. Um <sighs> You know, we we have obviously have not been real big on Marcus Allen since they drafted him um, fifth round a couple years ago out of Penn State. Um, I, I almost kind of find him to be a tweener now. You know, they had to use him at linebacker a little bit last year. It, it, to me, he's, he's too big and too slow to be a safety, and he's not big enough to be a linebacker. I, I, Ian, is that at all accurate, or am I up the wrong tree? Uh, that's definitely accurate.
2: Yes, um, he was he was always better as an in, in the box safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a difference also between an in the box safety and an inside linebacker, and they're trying to make him into kind of what a Deion Buchanan was in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. He's not that good. He's not that rangy. Um, yeah. he. <sighs> He can cover slow guys in small spaces.
0: He cannot cover fast guys
2: in large spaces.
0: That makes sense. It, ben, I know you've been a long fan of his too. Uh,
1: No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I hope he's successful. Because, Absolutely. You know, obviously I, you know, I love the Steelers and I, I want him to be a successful steeler and if he is successful it benefits me because of that but yep um i don't think he's a good safety and he's too small to play linebacker even on early downs mm-hmm. like second down obvious passing situations i wouldn't like him in there um and he's talking about trying to gain weight which i think is going to make him even slower less athletic right so i don't really think this ends well uh i know a lot of people are rooting for him and that's great oh sure Um, you know good for you guys uh but this is one more of those things that you can't just speak it into existence you can't just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again and then Mm -hmm. hoping it's going to come true um i don't know how he solves his lack
0: of athleticism in the short area if he puts on weight couldn't agree more yeah that's that's exactly my concern more weight less less speed and less weight less bulk I, I mean he's just he's a tweener that's what he just seems like to me um so I want to have a little uh fun here guys I'm just gonna and I'll start with Ian I'm just gonna throw you a name Ian and you just tell me what you think his his short-term future holds here okay and the first one I'm gonna throw you is Vince Williams what do you think his short-term future is with the Steelers? Uh, I think he
2: plays this year on the last year of his contract, and that's probably it. Okay, Ben, uh, on, on Vince Williams. I agree.
1: I mean, if Vince, I've been trying to find out. I know what it's the hard. story is with Vince for the the past, I don't know, two weeks. Um, you know, because there are a lot of rumors. He could be cut. They need space. Mm-hmm. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Um, looking at that, you know. He could, they could create a, what, about $4 million? Yeah, so. $4 million in space if they caught him. Um, yeah. And Robert Spillane is a, a lot cheaper option. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's necessarily a better option. A lot of people disagree with me. I don't think that's the case. I think Vince is a very smart player. Um, I think Spillane is pretty smart, too. Yeah. Yep. I just, I don't think you can have too many of those guys. As well, you know, mm-hmm. I think Tomlin trusts him to be a guy who can call the defense if they need him to, and there's some value in that as well. So, uh, what I hope happens mm-hmm. is that he plays this year, and that they look at next year, and you know, maybe he comes back on a on a, a less expensive deal um, yeah. because he's not going to have a, a big market for his services. No. Uh, and let's be perfectly honest. This is a this guy's a huge overachiever. You yes. know, he's entering his 10th season and is it his 10th? No. Uh, not his
0: tenth. No, I it's 9th. it's 9th. Yeah. 9th season. Ninth he's entering his 9th right.
1: season. He was a a compensatory 6th yeah. round pick. Practically a 7 shouldn't even have made the team. Not only did he make the team, he started some games as a rookie. He did, obviously, due to injury, but started some games as a rookie, and you know, performed okay and did enough to hang around for another seven years after the fact. And now he's going into his ninth year. So you know, okay. this guy, he's a success story, and you mm-hmm. you want to root for that that kind of a guy an underdog. Uh, he's not the best athlete on the team, but he's a guy.
2: As a fan, he's a guy mm-hmm. you want around.
1: I, I, and he's let's be honest the, about yeah. something here, yeah. too,
2: is Vince Williams in the 1980s would have been a Hall of Fame player yeah. at linebacker because that <laughs> dude would have is been a been thumper. Yeah. He yeah. runs downhill, and he just pounds guys. I mean, he's got over 20 sacks as an inside linebacker. Is yeah, he's good at the sack. A, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's an excellent he can, blitzer. He in can size. run that it's Good that, as a cross blitz. A gap cross blitz, exactly. You know, as as good as anyone we've had since Farrier was here. Um and maybe, you know, Timmons too. Farrier and Timmons ran that really well together. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he's he, he, he's well, yeah. done really well for himself. He, well, he tends uh, not to
1: yeah. he tends not to overrun the quarterback when he yes. makes that blitz. You see guys overrun the quarterback yeah. and the quarterback just duck and get mm-hmm. under it. Mm -hmm. Vince comes to a point of balance before he makes the hit he doesn't go for the big hit and that's one of the things I really like about him is his is his tackling ability he's as sure a tackler as we have on that defense and it's because he's careful he's not always going for the big hit he doesn't he's not trying to make a highlight reel he's trying to stop the guy.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great point. He if he gets into the backfield on those blitzes, the the quarterback usually goes down. There's not yep. too many instances you remember him missing. Um, okay, so Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this name to you first. Uh, and and again, we're we're thinking what what do the Steelers do with him here? Uh, Joe Hayden.
2: Uh,
0: well, I'd heard, I don't know, about a month ago
1: that Hayden was not going to get an extension. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think they're gonna cut him uh he's got a a cap figure of about sixteen million, but when you look at what's behind him, you know the picture's not great um so I think they wait and see what the the draft brings, mm-hmm. whether or not there's an opportunity to add a corner in free agency, and then they make a decision, and I don't think they're gonna cut him. I think it right. the, the options are either leave his contract as is, you know, with a $15.6 million cap hit, or you extend him and lower his cap number that way. Um, He's got a $7 million salary this year, $7 Mm -hmm. million in total comp. And that's the figure you can play with to try and lower that cap number a little bit. So they could probably, very easily with a a two-year extension shave about five million dollars off that cap number and that gives them some you know a a little sizable amount of of operating space um
0: Uh, yeah so yeah go ahead
2: go ahead well i'm just gonna yeah flip it over to ian ian what's your take on hayden yeah i think he's definitely here this year um hayden is a guy maybe in that kind of Ben category that if they if they wanted to keep him for this year but pay him what he's due they could consider using the voidable years you know on an extension Mm -hmm. like they did with Ben I don't know if you have to sign him to a legit extension extension they could use you know voidable years which we talked a lot about last week so if anyone listening didn't hear the podcast last week go back and listen to last week's podcast where we talked about voidable years and the ceos have never done it before this is precedent setting for us all that stuff um but hayden's a guy who's nearing the end of his career he's over 30 um, which is typically when cornerbacks start to slow down Mm -hmm. um and you could tell last year he'd started to lose a step a little bit so um if they wanted to keep him this year but needed cap relief and still wanted to pay him what it was due you know they could do the voidable years thing which is essentially the same as just keeping it for this year
0: yeah and and real quick too and ian i think you did an article maybe on this at one point but the fact that the the Steelers drafting corners in the first round i mean we we know Artie burns we know uh i think it went all the way back to chad scott chad prior scott. to that yeah um but but really, overall in the NFL, you're almost better off uh, picking up a corner through a trade or free agency, aren't you? Than the draft yes, right now. That's that's
2: correct. I did that article last year. I can yeah. repost it um, again
0: this mm-hmm. year. But
2: basically the the conclusion was that you know for the for the really elite corners i looked at like guys who made the pro bowl and all pro teams um that they were either you know guys who were drafted in the top half of the first round that stayed with their teams you know your your patrick peterson's your jalen ramsey's things like that you know guys that were elite guys coming out Mm -hmm. um so it was either guys who were. I guess Jalen Ramsey's bounced around a little bit season yes. after, but um, you know you're, you're you're Patrick Peterson who stayed with the same team for years. So it's either a guy who was drafted very high and stayed with the same team, or it was guys who were signed on the free agent market. So corner is one of those positions where unless you can get those truly elite guys coming out of college, you're better off signing someone because it's it's hard to draft and develop corners. Corner is a very difficult position to draft mm-hmm. and develop. So, um, you're you're better off signing someone in free agency because. Actually, for corner, the the best years of their career tend to be like the mid to late 20s after they've been in the league for a little while before they hit 30. But that, right, you know, second right. contract type type years. Um, and we saw that out of Steven Nelson. You know, he wasn't great in Kansas City, but cornerback is a lot about learning the technique and, and learning the coverages and learning how to read offensive cues and reading like what the receiver's body language is doing, especially at this level. Um, so the, you know, Corner guys is really tough, especially yeah. in
1: the outside. I completely Ugh. agree with you. It's yeah. it's the hardest position on the field aside from quarterback.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. so guys so who've been in the league yeah. a few years and have have learned it are the better guys to go out and sign. That's I, I'm I'm usually. All on board with you know draft and develop, draft and develop, draft and develop. Sign your own guys that you've drafted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but corner Except, is one of those yeah. positions where the the data proves it out that you're better off signing guys in free agency that have been around the league and have that experience rather than trying to plug in a second or a third round pick because usually that's not going to pan out very well. So, so Ian, who, 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 yeah. yes,
1: was Dion figures a first round pick?
2: Oh mm-hmm. man, I don't remember.
0: No, <laughs> I want to say he was second. Man, he was, was back. he was, was the first really round that? pick in
2: '93. Yeah. Was he really first overall. round? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got a shot he, in the knee. was, and... was he? Yeah. He wasn't the guy who kicked the guy in the head in a Kansas City playoff game, was he? Or was that somebody uh... else? Was a, it was in '93. We played the Chiefs. Yeah. In, yeah. Joe Montana. Yeah and, yeah. and we were the game got tied and went to overtime. And I think I don't remember that <laughs> that one of our corners kicked the guy in the head and, and
0: got kicked out of the game and oh, uh crap was it him i can i'm gonna have to pull that up um but, but since you mentioned steven nelson ian that was the next guy i was gonna go to you with Did, do the steelers do anything with his contract or let it yes as be
2: <laughs> yeah they should <laughs> extend them. <laughs>
0: Okay, you're, so you're looking at an extension. Get that cap number lower. It was
2: DJ Johnson who got ejected from the Chiefs game, but yes, they okay. should extend. Uh, they should extend Steve.
0: That Johnson. was Johnson. Yeah. yeah, I would not. have. Uh, remembered that. I, I
1: remembered it the other way too. You're right. Uh, sorry. So
0: Ben, you're you're on board then with Nelson as the oh uh, god, candidate. it's a no brainer. Okay. I mean, yes. Okay. If so you then, don't uh, do
1: it next year. The price just goes up. And then you're desperate to do it. He's got you, he's got all the leverage. He's got the leverage. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then the last guy, and Ben, I'll go to you for this. Do they do anything with uh, Stefan Tuitt's deal?
1: Yeah, they're going to restructure him. They, they don't have okay. a choice. They they literally do not have a choice. They've got to create some space. Uh, doing a Tuitt restructure, doing a Bosworth restructure. Those are the last Boswell. two. Excuse me, Boswell. Bosie. <clears throat> Buzz. those are the last two contracts that they can restructure and and gain any kind of space so they got to do it um and then you know you got a handful of other guys you can extend and create space mm-hmm. and i would expect you know tj watt for example has a 10 million dollar cap hit i would expect him to get a, a massive extension where he becomes the highest paid defender in the yeah. nfl for example.
2: Yeah. Yes. I would I would agree with that. i think the Watt extension may be a, a training camp type deal that, that frees up, yeah. you know, maybe three million dollars in space to give you operating room during the season. If that
0: ah. yeah. And TJ's upset about Aye, that. Maggie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be Maggie. That would be um, little miss well, hey, you yeah. know it's a uh, good good time to do the commercial advertisement uh yes. this is the steel city blitz Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated serving broward in the southern palm beach counties whether it's commercial residential multifamily, or condos contact deck roofing today by visiting deck roofing.com um Ben, I think uh, Ian is is on uh, Baby to Bed Patrol here for Uh-oh. a minute. So, so it's, I think you should you, call her Peggy anyway. I,
1: I think that's a great <laughs> name. I'm not Peggy. kidding. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and well, a lot well, of a lot of Margaret's go by Peggy,
0: like or like Peggy. Agent Carter. I believe she was Peggy. Was she? in, in yes, and Captain America. Right on. Well big fan. Big fan.
1: So, what uh, are we doing
0: um, next? Uh, what? Next, oh, I got yes. not sidetracked by Agent Carter. Um, yeah. So, Bud Dupree. Um, you know, he, he's he's played his last game as a Steeler. Um, likely, yeah, more than likely. I mean, it could be. Yeah, a situation. I, I told where, a lot of you know,
1: people that over the past, I don't know, two three days, and you think that I was shitting on their scrambled eggs I, uh, <laughs> by by telling them the truth. Well, I'm sorry, he, guys. He ain't coming back. Um, no. And no. I don't blame him, and I'm not mad no. at him. No, I'm, I'm not either. No, the guy has absolutely busted his ever-loving ass, made all of his doubters, including me, Ethan yep, crow, yep, 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 with his yep. performance of the past two seasons. Um, he's really coming to his own, and he's going to get paid. Oh, is he going to get paid? And the Steelers don't have the room; they just can't. Yep. I'm sure they'd love to keep him but Mm -hmm. they can't do it and this whole well the Steelers want to talk to him and see what he finds on the open market yeah you know what he's going to find in the open market 17 to 18 million dollars a year on a multi-year deal the Steelers cannot even come close to to affording to match that I I just I don't understand why people can't come to terms with this well but it just isn't going to happen guys yeah I mean you know there's that slim less than one percent chance but i don't play those kinds of odds and if you want to try and convince yourself that's going to be a possibility go right ahead but again this is not something you can speak into existence you can't just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again and expect it to happen it doesn't work that way
0: no it, it doesn't because i i've been saying that about my weight for 30 years and it just doesn't change um look i think there's a a base of fans that are 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 so. They're just so loyal. They're so loving of the Steelers and players and whatnot, but they don't under they don't understand the salary cap. Um, well, and I and I'm not saying I do, but I I think there is a a faction of the fan base that just doesn't grasp that, and they just think, oh, it's okay, we can sign it. It's okay, we and we're seeing the same thing with Juju too. Um, yeah. There, there's yeah. a segment out there that just thinks, oh, this, he'll, he'll stay here because, because he'll take a discount. It's, I mean, look, like you said, there's a the 1% chance maybe he does. but There's a
1: better chance than that with Juju, but I put it at about yes. 5 or
0: 6%. It's not well,
1: much better. No, they, it's not. They could sign either one of those guys to a deal. One of them. To a deal. Right that has a lower cap hit this year and then has a monstrous cap hit next year, yeah, they could do it um, but it isn't gonna happen guys no, it just I, isn't I, that's just cap economics they're not the other side of this that people aren't looking at is the Steelers are not going to devote forty seven forty eight million dollars a year to just the two edge spots, mm-hmm. That's too big a percentage of your cap.
0: Monstrous. Monstrous. It's too it's yep.
1: just too big of a percentage. Too much of a, of a portion of your total cap going to those two spots just doesn't make good sense from a business standpoint. Okay? Yep. The other side of it is with Juju. Unfortunately, you'd like to keep good ascending young talent, and I have gone on record. I don't think Juju has even hit his peak yet. I think he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And... You want to keep guys like that. He's only 24. He's coming into his own. This is a guy you want to re-sign. By the same token, he's earned the huge payday, Yeah, and they're really good at identifying wide receiver talent. And on top of that, they have wide receiver depth. Mm -hmm. They've got three more guys that are a hell of a lot better than respectable that are still on the team, that are still signed, and they have needs at other positions. Along with a tight salary cap, so you just you take right. all of that into consideration, and it just points to Juju's exit.
0: It just does. It, it, I, I agree with you, and and I and I will get back to Bud Dupree because I had a few comments on that. But but this just kind of popped into my head. You you mentioned that there could be a possibility where you sign him, and and the cap hit this year is not not too bad, but next year it, it's big, right? Could could the Steelers do something like that with the expectation? And to me, it's almost like gambling. But with the expectation that that there will be some normalcy, the fans will return, and 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 the cap will just explode next year. Is is that possible?
1: Well,
2: no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, they I, cap's not it, it, explode next year. I mean, the 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 you have a high end estimate for what the cap could possibly be. And you consider Mm -hmm. that, you know, a new TV deal could factor in. And, but I mean, all stadiums have a maximum capacity. So you right. you know even if you're at full 100% capacity for every stadium next year, which you're not going to be because there's places like Cincinnati <laughs> that exist um, and the Steelers don't play there every week. The Bengals do, unfortunately. Um, so <laughs> um, they're, they're not going to sell out all the time. Um, right. But even if you had 100% capacity, you can estimate what those numbers would be and it's not going to cause a cap explosion. Okay. Um, so even a a new tv deal anything like that no it's it's not gonna cause a cap explosion um you know i'd say best case scenario for 2022's cap you'd be looking at like getting back to you know 198 to 200 where we were this year Mm -hmm. um and, and that's like Best possible case scenario, because um, there you, you never know. Once we get to the fall, there still may be some you know capacity restrictions and and things oh, like I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so it, it's just one of those you know you yeah, never know kind of yeah. deals.
1: So well, it, I, it's I just it, it's going to be an okay. issue for a while because we've talked about this before. But the the four billion dollars in revenue that were lost last year, they're going to spread that loss out over the course of four seasons. Mm-hmm. So even if there is a big increase in revenue as it relates to 2021, which is how they're going to calculate the 2022 cap is based upon 2021. Um, Even if there is a big increase, you're still going to see some dollars lost being mm-hmm. realized on the 2022 cap from the 2020 season. Does all of that make okay. sense? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, let me put it in a, another way. Um uh, the trajectory of the NFL salary cap pre COVID mm-hmm. was by twenty twenty five the cap was supposed to be the estimates were two sixty 260 to two sixty five per year <sighs> per team. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Okay. And they're celebrating yesterday that by twenty twenty five now the cap could be two hundred and fifty million. Well, it's still less than it was gonna
0: be. Yeah. No, that's a good point. No. It is. Um, You know, Ian, before you jump back on, we were just talking a little bit about Bud Dupree and the fact that, you know, I I know from my vantage point, and Ben alluded to it, I I mean, I I was really kind of uh, down on him the first couple of years. I I just didn't see a first-round guy, and, you know, to his credit, he completely busted his tail. He worked at his craft, I think, more than anything um and and became a really really good player who absolutely deserves to go get paid and and i think that's what's going to happen but uh what, what what are your uh thoughts as as dupree departs uh do you do you see him getting the big payday and do you see him being uh as successful yeah um
2: he despite missing you know half of last season with an injury mm-hmm. he had the eighth most sacks of any player in the league over the last two years. So if you combine the last two really? years, TJ Watt had the most, and Bud Dupree had the eighth most. So, um, yeah, he's he's been really good the last two years. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the show, that when you're drafting pass rushers, you're better off drafting athletic but raw guys and letting them develop then you are drafting guys who were highly productive in college but not super athletic. We saw that. I mean, Jarvis Jones versus Dupree is the perfect example. Jones was extremely productive in college and not very athletic versus Dupree, who I think his best year in college was, what, five sacks, six sacks, something like that, Um, but he was tested extremely athletically and had that upside and that potential. So you're you're much better off gambling on athletes that will develop and trying to develop them in the pros rather than guys like outside linebacker is a weird position. Like just don't don't look at college sacks. Don't look at college production. Kidding, look, that's right. Look yeah. at athleticism, and that's that's your gauge for how they'll be as an NFL player. Look yeah, at three uh, cones, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, look at three cones. Look at
1: the three cone.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. TJ
1: Watt's three cone was otherworldly. Yeah, teams no, they should was. have known that he was going to be a guy who could turn the corner the way he does. They should have known, and they no, let him. They let him last until late in the first round, and the Steelers were the beneficiary of that. What uh, what's really cool about yeah. that is that Dallas, the pick before, took um, Taco, Taco Charlton. That's, that's <laughs> they right. Last year, absolutely that's right. poetic absolutely poetic <laughs> fuck you Cowboys fans
2: well and and the Packers like needed an edge rusher they did and they he did. was from friggin Wisconsin yeah and I don't even remember who they took that year they might trade it out did they trade out that year uh um, I don't remember and then like Atlanta took Tack McKinley like four picks yeah. before us that's the one we uh, thought we
0: were gonna end up with
2: yeah Miami took Charles Harris who has Six and a half career sacks. Um uh, Philly took Derek Barnett, who's been decent. I mean, he's, he's got 19 a good and a half. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, l- let's consider TJ Watt has 49 and a half career sacks. I and mean, he's almost got 50 sacks in in, you know, I thought he was gonna stay
0: in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah.
1: The thing uh, about Watt coming out was he wasn't a guy that you thought was gonna I, help you right away. He wasn't I a didn't. guy who was a finished product. He didn't have all the moves he has now. You know, I agree as a pass rusher and that that being said, that was why you looked at it and said, okay, you don't necessarily take this guy, but it isn't because he's not going to be good. It's because he's not good now, but boy, am I glad they
2: took him?
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well,
2: well, what and and he? let's not forget also that San Francisco took Reuben Foster the pick after us, who was a guy that a lot of Pittsburgh fans wanted yeah. and wound up being kind of a psychopath. So, yeah, um, a... <laughs> 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 yeah. um he's a
1: fucking psychopath.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe not like a Kellen Winslow level psychopath. Right. Who, okay, thank you, Cleveland, for taking yeah. him instead of Ben Roethlisberger. But... Kellen yes, Winslow yes. is
1: is a psychopathic scumbag. Yes, we yeah, can agree absolutely.
0: on this point. Yeah. Uh, You know, we're talking a little kind of drifting into the draft stuff. Uh, Clemson held their pro day today uh, along with Texas. And uh, there were a couple of other schools as well, Nevada and uh, uh, another one. But, uh, you know, look, the the focus was definitely down in South Carolina on Clemson. Uh, The Steelers sent Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and uh, Matt Canada. And I, I still didn't get any idea as to who they sent to to Texas at all because there are a few potential picks there, but but they did have a presence there. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this was in, in. Many of you saw the reports on social media that you know Travis Etienne uh, spent some time talking with the Steelers and and you know made a comment. Oh, I think I'd be a great fit there, and you know just I. I Uh, you guys can do the reminding, but you know, there's plenty of things to remind the fans of in these situations. But um, Ian, I know you're real big on Etienne. You did, you did your draft preview of him already. And he, he was the real deal today in, uh, in the pro days, right? He
2: definitely looked good. Um, You know, tested at five ten, two hundred fifteen 215 pounds, which Mm -hmm. he was listed at 205 at Clemson. So, putting on those 10 pounds certainly didn't slow him down much he ran a 4.44 4.45 40, which um you know ben and i talked a little bit about on twitter today um, so of of guys who are 510 and at least 210 pounds mm-hmm. um the, the pro football reference has data going back to the year 2000 so the last 20 years um for guys in that category so 5'10 and at least 210 pounds that would have been the like fifth or sixth fastest 40 time um amongst that group so that was definitely fast um the one thing i'll say about etn though and and i noticed this a lot on tape mentioned it in the the draft profile i wrote his speed is a lot of straight line speed um there's Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of wiggle but once he once he finds a crease i mean he is gone you know you're you're not touching him he's not getting caught from behind um but you know if, if you're going to bring him down, you got to bring him down within the first couple steps. He is from what I've seen, one of the best receivers out of the backfield of anyone in this draft. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were, there were some complaints about his blocking and Clemson did run a lot of sort of run pass option offense stuff. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I had trouble with watching his tape was, you know, if it was like a, a You know they they sort of do the RPO thing, fake it to ETN, and and Trevor Lawrence would pull it back, and ETN would kind of like hover behind the line, and then like roll out in a pass pattern as a as a checkdown option, and got a lot of you know receptions there. He did a really good job, sort of finding finding openings against defenses. You know, working himself open. He didn't just go there and stand there. He'd he'd work open. He's a really good receiver. He's a really good route runner out of the backfield too. Uh, really sharp cuts, but. So so you know if you're saying he's not a good blocker some of it was hard to gauge like what's he actually supposed to do on this play is he supposed right. to like take the the RPO fake and block somebody or is he supposed to take the RPO fake and then kind of be the checkdown option cuz if you're the checkdown option you're not supposed to stay in and block so True. um it, you know some of some of that was difficult he's he does need some work in the the blocking department um but it wasn't like you know all oh, this guy can't be in on third downs like he's a he's mm-hmm. a really darn good receiver and if you get him in space with the ball good things can happen so I think he could do a lot of good things in our offense um, I feel about him very similar to how I felt about Stefan to the year he came out was that if we took him in the first round I feel like it might be a little bit of a reach but in the second round he would be an absolute steal so but he won't you know, be there at 55. No, he won't. No, um, I think that's when, what I was going to say. When we yeah. got, when we got to it in the middle of the second round, I felt like it was absolute thievery. I was like, we got a guy who mm-hmm. was like a top 40 player in this draft in the middle of the second round. Um I don't think ETN will be there. Um, I think if ETN had come out last year after his junior season, he might've been the first running back off the board. He had some injury issues as a senior slowed him down a little bit. So, and obviously Najee Harris was Najee Harris. So, um, you know, I think Harris will probably be the first one off the board. Javante Williams is a a rising prospect. Um, But I'd, I'd be surprised if, you know, ETN won't be there in the middle of the second. He might be an early second round pick versus mm-hmm. instead of a late first rounder just because of the yeah. value of the running back position. Um, but I mean he can he can play.
0: Yeah, he can. And and I, I agree with what Ben said too. He's not gonna be there at fifty five. I think he's gonna go in that, you know, like twenty to forty range somewhere in there. I if he gets yeah, past that, that's I'd be stunned. probably about right.
1: You know, but um I, I agree know. with everything that Ian yeah. said about Etienne. Um, I look at people keep saying, how did he run up that fast of 40 when it looked like he was jogging? The reason he runs that fast is his start. He hits his full stride in about three steps.
2: Yes. That is absolutely true.
1: Most guys who run track can do, but most contact sport athletes cannot. It takes them longer to accelerate, which is why they run a little bit slower times. Um, so yeah, you, you take a guy like that by the time he gets to the, the line of scrimmage, he's already got a full head of steam. If he gets a whole good luck, because yeah. not only is he moving fast, he also can, he's also shifty enough to make you miss. So it, it's not, it, it isn't easy. I think he's an adequate receiver. I, I don't think he's great. I think he's terrible picking up the blitz, which scares me. Mm-hmm. um Because I look at what is currently signed in terms of, of of third down capable backs, and there ain't much there right now. The cupboard, no. the cupboard is bare. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, yeah, he can learn. I mean, Connor learned. Connor was terrible yeah, when he true. came in. That's true. Connor was terrible. Let's be frank. He, he, yes, improving. And, a and ton. he picked it up. He learned it. So Etienne could learn it, and that's you know that absolutely makes him draftable. Um, if I had my choice, I'd rather have Javante Williams. I agree. But I don't know. I'm almost positive you can't get Javante Williams or Etienne at fifty five. I I so don't
0: think so either.
1: You you have yeah. to you either have to trade up in the second mm. or you have to buckle up and say, Okay, none of the guys we really liked in the first round are still available. Let's take one of these running backs which I frankly hope doesn't happen. I think they need a first-round line talent, a first-round yeah, worthy I, I, pick at 24. Where I meant to. So.
0: Now, now, Ben, I, I do need to ask you, though. You you mentioned uh, that Etienne is not so good at pass blocking. Is that something you, you picked up from, from watching him, or did you just hear about that? No, I, I picked it up from watching him, and it's a little scary. Why? <laughs> Well, uh, Pitt Bayless you. today yeah. uh, uh said that he heard that Etienne wasn't very good at at uh, pass blocking.
1: But, oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah for a lazy but I mean, You're supposed to cover the world of sports, and you're just like, well, I heard that he's not real good. I
1: heard he's not very good. I, I mean,
0: you know, I hear things too, but
1: I, I, I'm Bayless. not. Yeah, uh, by the way, Mark is referring to Pony. Yeah. For any of you who pay attention to the gaslighting. Sports tweets in the Pittsburgh region. Um, <laughs>
0: I couldn't yeah, resist. And, I'm sorry. and Ian lit him up. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, if he didn't, I was getting ready too. <laughs> I, I retweeted it. I was just like, "Yeah, okay, that's good. We're gonna retweet I mean, that." Come on. Oh, it's it was it was entirely Skip Bayless because he does the same thing. You know, he doesn't watch anything. He just comments on it. You know, it's oh, so lazy. The anyway. dude's
2: highlights are right there on YouTube, and and I agree. The The one yeah. other thing I'll say is that, that Ben is right. ETN has that hits-the-line-at-full-speed yeah. kind of look to it. I also did a, a profile on uh, Chuba, Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State, and that guy's got the long speed. He He blows people away, but he has a much slower acceleration than yes. ETN. Like ETN looks like he's shot out of a cannon. ETN like,
1: When he hits the line of scrimmage is already going full speed. Yeah. He gets, yes, he's really, he literally is one of these guys like Willie Parker who needs 18 uh, inches of, of daylight. Yep. If you give him 18 inches of daylight, he's going through that hole and you may not have an opportunity to tackle him at all.
0: Yes. The, the the Steelers obviously you know were were focusing ATN, but but there was also a, a receiver down there named Amari Rogers who who is a a, a real tough slot type kid. Um, there's an lineman down there that escapes me that could be uh, there kind are of a like lot a, of guys at Clemson. they Jackson, are Carman. They're, Carman yeah, Juan. Car, you think? I mean, uh, Rogers
1: yep. Rogers would be yep. an ideal pick, but again, right? You know, is well
2: Rogers actually could be there at fifty five. <laughs> Yeah, he's a slot receiver. Though. Fifty-five,
0: I, mean, I think for sure. I, I I don't know that he's there in the third though. No, he's yeah. he's not. If you want
1: him, he's, you're gonna have to take him yeah. a little bit earlier than that.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, he
1: from a talent
0: standpoint, that guy could do some damage. <laughs> oh man, I I was really impressed with him during Senior Bowl week. He he was catching balls in traffic. He was taking shots and he was hanging on to yeah, the ball. So I he is a I field
1: receiver. He
0: is a guy who catches the ball
2: and then makes people miss. Yeah. He tested yeah. it. He he came in at five nine, two twelve. I mean, that's like Debo Samuel type numbers that like mm-hmm. he's small but bulky.
1: He's built like tall. a
2: running back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He is absolutely built like a running back, but he's shifty. He's a lot shiftier and he runs good Obviously, route. he's a receiver, but he runs yeah. a lot prettier routes than than a running back. He yeah. runs yeah. better routes than Le'Veon
0: Bell, who ran pretty good routes. Yes. Um, you know, guys. Before we wrap things up tonight, I, I did want to mention a, a story that uh, broke uh, I think we wrap it was it yesterday. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. We we've been at this almost an hour already, believe it or oh. not. And um, the uh, uh, the the story was that allegedly the Chicago Bears had had internal discussions oh, about about Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. And um, how is this news? Well, it's news
2: because it's not news. news. It, it, it's it, not news. The Bears' quarterback situation is awful because they up. traded up. Okay, to but, but, Mitch but Trubisky that, that over aside, let, let's Watson just talk. Let's just
1: talk about teams in general and the way they manage their caps. There's a guy yep. on every single team who is a director of pro, of pro player personnel, and what yep. he does is nothing but look at other rosters, the other 31 mm-hmm. rosters, yep. and say. This guy could become available. This guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, yep. this guy. And then hands a list over to the GM who goes back to the coaches and the other scouts mm-hmm. and says, hey, what do we think of this guy? What do we need? And let's talk about the possibility that if this guy either gets cut or, you know, asks for a release or whatever mm-hmm. else. Mm hmm. Do we chase him because they they want to have that contingency plan in place in the event that that happens before it ever happens? So the Bears discussing Ben Roethlisberger potentially becoming available means exactly dick, <laughs> because I'm sure the Bears were not the only team who did it. No, I
0: I I know, but but the the part the other part that that gets me and, here is it was reported by who Ian? Oh the. Folks on the fan
2: picked it up on. Well, they picked it 7, up, but yeah, it was reported and, and by Jason LaCanfora. Oh yeah, the who, the Ravens dude. Yeah, the
0: Ravens fan from CBS. To, yeah, yeah. always putting. About. He always puts that shit out there. Yeah, it's, it's and, just. Priceless. Yeah,
2: and like like Ben said, this is this is teams doing their due diligence, yes. and it's just it's honestly if a team didn't have an internal conversation about a player that was potentially available, then that team is doing something wrong. So this is, this is literally not news. This is, this is newsworthy on the level of like a player's Madden rating or the NFL (laughs) top 100 list is newsworthy in that it's not newsworthy at all. There are so many conversations that go
1: unreported. I'll just give you an example. Kevin Colbert, I guarantee you, calls 31 teams Mm -hmm. every offseason and discusses the players on their roster and what they might take and trade. That doesn't mean he's going to trade for those players. That means they're having a conversation. And that GM asks him the same thing about his players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all of the players are discussed. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody calls and says, hey, what do you want for T.J. Watt and trade, Colbert's right. going to laugh, or right. he's going he's to ask for something outrageous. I'll, yeah, I'll trade him. You just need to give me your next six first-round picks <laughs> and uh, two of your best young players, and you can have
0: him. <laughs> well, it, but the, the point, though, too, is, is as we've said many, many times on here um, in, in reference to that is that you always pick up the phone – you, you, you yes. never know
2: you never know even, well, and that was part of the thing though they didn't even they didn't even like talk to the Steelers the, the no, story no, was they no. had internal conversation right. it's it's a guy between... walking
0: down the hallway saying hey Fred yeah. uh you know Roethlisberger could come nah 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 okay all right good <laughs> that's what it was that was the conversation right there but that became news that became news and and Ninety three seven picked it up, and oh my god! Oh no! Now it's a thing on Twitter where people are saying, "Yeah, if Ben had become a free agent,
1: the Bears were going to sign him." Well, no, that's not even right. All they just they had internal conversations. We don't know what the result of those conversations were.
0: Could it? it, it, You know what? It probably even took place between two guys sitting in the stalls in the bathroom at Soldier Field for crying out loud. (laughs) I I mean, internal conversation. Just uh, we are in such a crazy world these days you know guys next week um when we do this it'll be uh the day after st patrick's day but uh perhaps more importantly it'll be the beginning of the new league year and uh guys will be signing in different places and uh you know it won't be likely a real big deal for the steelers because you know i i fully well we will have the
1: the legal tampering period so we probably will already have lost some
0: guys well, that's where I was In, unfortunately. Including going. Bud Dupree and Juju Smith we'll Schuster. Probably already know the fate of those guys. I'm thinking yep. by then. if you know we might we might even know by end of this weekend. Um with the tampering and stuff getting going on what Monday, I think, technically. Um so any uh, any parting shots from you uh, gentlemen this evening? Oh you do, Chris uh... Ben. I don't know if you have any i, I don't know if uh, uh you know, i you don't know
1: one. no i i mean i yeah,
0: could yeah, always throw just...
1: out the you know <laughs>
0: no, i'm not gonna do that
1: um go fuck yourself Baltimore uh, no. uh well there you... <laughs> uh, uh, just kidding really i'm I'm really just kidding uh you know i yeah i hate the ravens but i i absolutely uh respect them as as uh, a a great competitor to the steelers um uh, but uh you know i, I it's going to be a weird off season there's going to yeah, be a lot of sadness yep. um i you know art rooney has said this is not a rebuilding season rebuilding is not on the cards yada 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 blah mm-hmm. blah I think the Steelers will field a competitive team next year. Oh, for um, sure. I think there there may be some regression next year, um, but you know, I, I'm hopeful that a little more adversity in the middle of the season next year mm-hmm. will lead to a better finish. You know, they're it, due. They're due it, for kinda, that. Kind of felt like. Um, Uh, the Steelers toward the end of the season kind of felt like they could just show up and be the Steelers and they would win. And, you know, that obviously wasn't the case. Uh, Other teams were elevating their games and, and the Steelers didn't. And, uh, you know, they, it showed on the field. I mean, obviously the second half of that Indianapolis game where they came back and they won, we all thought they righted the ship. And yeah, they apparently thought they'd ride the ship because they saddled their starters next week. Yep. And then they laid an egg in the playoffs. And that was, you know, that's embarrassing. And I just yeah. like to see them do something better than that.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Ian, anything on your end? Yeah, sure. So I actually have two parting
2: shots here. Oh, whoa, whoa. Two. Yeah, I know. Okay. Two. Go for Dos. It. Dos Acero in the soccer world. As it is, um, so the when the U.S. national team beat Mexico the one year, they started chanting Dosasero. So like two to nothing because um, yeah. we beat them two nothing because we like never <laughs> beat Mexico before. Anyways, um, so two parting shots for me. First okay. is the the bloodletting on the cap has already started. The guys are getting cut, yeah, um, left yep. and right because as we've said the cap went down play a lot of players a lot of sort of mid-level veteran players without guaranteed money are going to get cut a lot more are going to get cut over the next you know week or so so as a caution to fans the Steelers cannot sign every single player that gets <laughs> cut so just because a player gets cut does not necessarily mean that the Steelers are going to sign him, regardless of whether or not he used to play for us. But Ian, Ian, can't they
1: sign whoever they want to
2: a minimum salary one-year deal and just make them earn it? I mean, technically, yes, but the player has to agree to play for that. Oh,
1: wait, you mean the player has to agree to play on the team-friendly deal? Yes. And may not necessarily do it, even th- even though it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. He may not necessarily
2: agree. Correct. So wow, yeah. So so Fuck, that that is
1: earth shattering.
2: It is. It is <laughs> I know. Brace yourself for this. Um, but you know, there there are some guys out there, like say Jesse James, who would make a decent number two tight end at a relatively small salary if we're able to afford him. Now he's coming off a very large salary in Detroit. Big, so um, yeah,
0: he's set financially.
2: Yeah, so, you know, there are some guys who are intriguing, but everyone who gets cut is not going to be able to be signed no. by the Steelers. We're not going right. to sign Patrick Peterson, and Norris, Jenkins, and whoever else to all restock our secondary. Right. Um, so, yeah, just keep yeah. that in mind. We can't We're sign not, everyone. No, that, no. Said, that said, signing guys who are cut doesn't count against comp picks, so against the comp pick formula, whereas signing guys who are street free agents – does um and that leads me to another point that you know if juju signs a big deal if bud dupree signs a big deal i mean we could potentially have you know two third round comp picks next year Mm -hmm. plus additional comp picks if villanueva signs somewhere if connor signs somewhere for a couple million dollars like the potential is there for like three or four comp picks for us which given that this has been roethlisberger's last year Will give us a lot of ammunition in next year 's draft if we want to move up to take a quarterback, so this Good is not point. the worst situation in the world to be in that you know we've we've talked a lot about like it pretty much takes two first round picks of the current years and the following years mm-hmm. to move up from the mid twenties just to get to like to get from twenty four to twelve basically this year would take this year 's first round pick plus next year 's first round pick, but sure. next year, when we need a quarterback. Um, you know we may we'll have three third round picks um, and the Steelers in the past have kind of banked on those future comp picks to trade picks so like um, you know we we knew we were going to get a third round pick for Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. which enabled us to trade a future third to Denver as part of the package that we moved up for Devin Bush so um, you know we had traded that future third to Denver knowing that we had another third round or assuming we had another third round comp pick coming, but I mean, Bell's contract was such that it was pretty much a certainty. So, you know, we'll have the ammunition in next year's draft, but you can't trade those comp picks until they're actually awarded. So like this year we couldn't say, yeah, we'll trade you two third round picks next year because we don't have two third round picks next year until those comp picks are actually awarded. So, um, Oh, and I just saw that the Chiefs released Eric Fisher, who... Um, Both won, of their yeah. tackles. Yes, yep. yes. Um, and Mitchell Schwartz, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, although, you know, given how Patrick Mahomes had to play in the Super Bowl, I'm not sure yeah. <laughs> releasing <laughs> offensive linemen was the best move for the Chiefs. Um, okay, so that was, that was my first point, was we can't okay. sign everybody that gets cut. My second point is don't overreact to what fans of other teams say. Uh, you know, we talked about Jason and for being a, a Ravens guy and from Baltimore, there was a, a, you know, thing floating around this evening from a, an NFL network guy who uh, his header profile picture is of the Cleveland Browns. And he is very vehemently pro Browns and from Cleveland saying that, like, you know, we're in a post Steelers world now. So, you know, the, the Bengals fans are on their shit again, you know, there was one Bengals fan who I respect Joe Goodberry. Usually has pretty good opinion saying like, Bud Dupree is not a good player. Like blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and, and maybe he was trying to say, that the Bengals run a four, three scheme and Dupree's better as a three, four doesn't fit the scheme, but he blanketly said, I don't want, I'd rather have a good player than Bud Dupree, which is insane because as we talked about, Bud Dupree in the last two years has had the eighth most sacks in the league. So uh, Dupree is a good player. Um, He's developed into a really good player and will deserve every dollar that he gets in free agency, which will probably be in the $17 million a year range. Um, That said, Uh, You know, so don't don't overreact to what fans of other teams say, you know, when you see something ridiculous said about the Steelers, check the source and, you know, know where it's coming from. So those are my parting shots. We can't sign everyone and check the sources.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I, I I agree. You know, it's uh that's the world of social media. Keep an eye on what's out there because everybody's got a hot take and uh don't don't always take the bait. So you to speak. don't have but
2: to
1: respond to them though.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Especially no, when they're fucking stupid. And well, frequently well, yeah. they are. I mean I'm I'm just gonna be frank. More often than not. Frequently they're idiotic. You don't have to respond yeah. to them. You don't have to caption yeah. tweet fucking Gab Gowdy. And give her the attention that she wants. Steelers fans, knock that shit off, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I don't
0: even—I don't even know who that is. I don't. That's like oxygen to, yeah. for that
1: chick. Knock it off. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and that's a good place to leave it here, right there. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the Steel City. I'm talking Brooks to you, Amanda. Steelers <laughs> <laughs> podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers!
1: Ravens suck.